0: if you'd like to stand up in proxy for someone who needs prayer or if you need prayer for yourself but as we pray for others isn't it wonderful to realize that God hears all of our prayers and maybe just somebody else is praying for you when you're not even realizing it as well and so as we join with with each other to pray I ask you to stand if you'd like to otherwise let's just pray. Father God we come before you and we know that you hear each and every single one of our prayers. We know, Father, that you love us so much that you care about every person that we care about. Lord, you love us so much that you care about us absolutely and all of the time. And so, Lord, as we come before you today as a community, as a congregation and as a church, we bring to you those in our community who we, we want to lift up to you and just bring even closer to your heart. Lord, we pray this morning for Athalia and Alex and Jensen and for the baby who we're waiting for. Lord, we just pray that your hand will be there every step of the way. And Lord, that you will just give them peace and comfort. And at this time, you'll just give Athalia the courage and the strength and the perseverance that she's going to need. Father, we bring to you Wendy and Malcolm and Lauren. And Lord, you know their hearts, you know their situation. And Father, we know that you walk closely with them. And we just pray that you will continue just to hold them in the palm of your hand. Lord, we pray for continued healing for Ian, for Rulf, for Dez, for Jonathan. Lord, we pray for those struggling with emotional and unseen issues. We pray for the the young people who are drawing near to the end of their matric year. Lord, we know that anxiety and stress are are huge issues for them. And so Father, I just pray for each home, where there is a young person who's going to be doing matric this year, Lord. We pray that you give the parents and the other siblings patience. And Lord, that you give the the young person who's writing those exams your peace, Lord. That peace that we don't understand, but we can feel when you give it to us. We pray, Lord, for our church here in MMC. We thank you and praise you for every volunteer who comes and offers of themselves every week, Lord. We pray that you will continue to guide our leadership as we move forward. Lord, we pray for the church finances. We pray that your hand will be there and that you will provide what we need to do the work that you've given us to do. For, Lord, we pray for the Mtumbu family as Temba has passed away. And Lord, we know that he was a wonderful servant in your kingdom. And we just pray that you'll give them your peace and your compassion at this time. We pray, Lord, for our country, for our leadership and our government. And Lord, then we come last of all and we pray for ourselves. Lord, we know that we have sinned against you and against others, those things that we've done and those things that we shouldn't have done. And Lord, as we come to you this morning, we, we come before you and we, we say sorry. Lord, we are truly, truly sorry for those things that we have done that we know we shouldn't have. And Lord, as we come and we beg for your forgiveness, we know that you give it to us freely. And for that, we are so grateful. And Lord, we claim that forgiveness for ourselves and we start again with a clean slate as we come to hear your words and your voice this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Right, so here's a question and we might get different answers in the next service to this one because I think our average age here is a little bit more than the next service might be. Have you ever battled to find the right words? To express yourself. (laughs) Often, okay. I mean, I've got three kids and by the time I rattled off all the names, I finally get to the one I'm actually cross with, you know. Um, You ever done that? I'm just glad I've only got three. Imagine if I had seven kids. I'd I'd never get to, to moaning at the right one. But sometimes we just can't find the words to say what we really want to say. And maybe you're trying to put things nicely so as not to offend other people. Um, And sometimes, and I've learned this as a woman, sometimes men don't like you to put it nicely. Just be straight and tell them what's going on because they're not going to understand all the hints. And sometimes your children think you're not really cross if you put it really nicely. So you've got to kind of shorten the sentences a bit and use keywords that they'll understand (laughs) what's really going on. But we try not to offend people. So we try and put things in a nice way. Maybe you're trying to explain all the details that you think a person needs. You know, if somebody says to you, how was your day? You know, maybe they're one of those headline people, but you're trying to give them like a breakdown, minute by minute, what happened, how it happened, who said what, how you felt, what's going on. And so we try and communicate too much to some people sometimes. Maybe you've adjusted the words to be simpler because you're speaking to a child or you're speaking to another adult whose first language is not English and you're trying to explain things in a way that they will understand what you're saying. Because you see, when you try and explain yourself in a different way, that is when communication starts to happen. Communication only happens when the person you're speaking to hears what you've said and understands it. Otherwise, you can just be talking at each other. And it's the same with God. We can't just sort of send up shopping lists if we're not prepared to listen to what he's going to say to us in return. Sometimes as Christians, we use our own version of Christianese, as we like to call it. All those lovely Christian terms that we just roll off of our tongues. And to someone who's not a Christian, it sounds weird and it sounds odd. And it sounds like it comes out of some weird movie. Um, You know, when we talk about the blood of the lamb, it it makes sense to you and me. But to somebody, perhaps a child, (laughs) they take things very literally. They're like, that's a bit gross. You know, and this is God's body and God's blood. And and we kind of, that's also a bit gross. And we use things like sanctified and blessed. And we use all these words in the way we speak here in church that don't always make sense to those around us. And so we've got to look very carefully at how we choose to communicate with other people. And I think that's part of what was going on when Jesus was trying to teach his disciples to pray. They came to him and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray in the same way as John taught his disciples how to pray. The difference being is John had, and other rabbis had scholarly disciples that were learning from them. Jesus had a bunch of fishermen and the odd lawyer and tax collector and doctor, and, and they were kind of a motley bunch. They weren't those that had been schooled in the scriptures. And so when they came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray, they really wanted to know. They were feeling things, they were experiencing things, they were trying to figure out what the best way to pray to him would be. And then that's where our first reading comes from. we read from Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. And it says this, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Familiar words? Hey? Huh? Familiar words. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I in bed, I can't give up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, The door will be opened. And then he finishes this passage with, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then thought, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thanks be to God for his word. So here's a thought it's a thought I've been thinking for a few days now, and it's been sort of percolating in my head. If Jesus was God's only son, and he spoke to God often in prayer, if you read through the Gospels, Jesus often goes off to pray. So he's used to speaking to his heavenly father, and he's close to his heavenly father because they're, they're in that relationship, so he's close to him, and he's used to speaking to him. Then he would probably understand how you and I and how the disciples feel about the relationship they have with Jesus. He would also then understand what we want to express to God because of that relationship. And that is why he gave us words that we could use to express ourselves to God himself in a way that would make sense to us and to each other and to God. And that that Lord's Prayer that we've all known for for many years. How many of you sang the Lord's Prayer in assembly at school? Every Friday to the out-of-tune piano and the music teacher with three fingers, I think. It was blink, 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 and we sang the Lord's Prayer every time. That's how it was. And we've learned those words, and they're the same words that Jesus told his disciples. If you want to pray, pray about these things. And that's what he said. He starts off by calling God his Father, And that's how we address our own Heavenly Father. How do you pray? Dear Lord Jesus, Father God, Lord, all those words. This is how we address our Father. And it speaks of our relationship with him. And then he encourages us to give his name the respect that it it deserves. He acknowledges the greatness and the power that just the name of Jesus carries. And if you think about it, in those days... They knew Jesus. He was right there with him. And they knew that Jesus knew God, and therefore they were saying that name with so much power. He tells God that we want to see his kingdom come in its rightful place on earth. Wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone on earth were Christian? If everyone on earth followed Christ, if everyone on earth knew what the Ten Commandments were and stuck to them. What if everyone on earth knew how to treat other people? And how to expect other people to treat them. Things would be different. And I think for many of us that's really what we want. And going back to those few disciples on that day. They knew that they were going to be able to change the world. Every now and then they got a glimpse of it. Because they saw how Jesus was changing things. He knows that we are sinful people. That we will want to atone for our sins. And to make right. It's kind of human nature. We do something wrong and we say sorry. That's the nature of how things work. He knows that we have needs that we will want to express to God. There are things we long for, there are things we need, there are things we want to ask for. There's advice, there's help, there's wisdom we seek from God. And all of those things come when we pray to him. He also knows that we want to atone for these sins. And then once we've experienced the forgiveness that Jesus gives us, we will want to give that forgiveness to the next person. Nobody sits here and feels I'm forgiven. I understand I'm forgiven. I feel forgiven and then refuses to forgive anybody else in their lives. It's not how it works. It kind of flows out of you because of that relationship with God. And then Jesus knows that we are weak and we will be tempted. That's a no-brainer. It happens all the time. And Jesus knows that. And so he talks to us and he teaches us that we need to ask God to help us to both recognize the temptation and also to resist it for ourselves. You see, the word of God is relevant and specific for each of our lives today, just as it was all those years ago. The word of God is not a a history book that sits on a shelf gathering dust. And even if we get a little bit stuck in some of those books that take a lot of reading, and we get stuck in those books that tell us, you know, the lineage for like seven chapters of whose son was whose son, at some point it makes sense. And at some point that comes back we think, oh, I remember that. And we rem- and we can see all the way from David all the way down to Jesus with hundreds of people in between. But we can see how those those lineages came about. And so every single word that God put in his Bible is wonderful for us. It's not an academic thing that was happening there. It was a bunch of ordinary people who were asking Jesus, how do we pray in a way that makes sense? And then it seems that these three Bible verses have, have come together in this passage and they're not just kind of thrown together in some editing mishap on a computer. These are put in order for us to remember. These Bible verses have been learned and sung by many of us in our lives, in, in school, and they are still helping us today. The second part of the reading, which is in exactly the same passage, and so I'd like to think it, it kind of carries on with the teaching on what do we say and how do we say it. The second part of our reading kind of asks the disciples and teaches them a little bit about nagging. You know, if you knock on your neighbor's door at three in the morning and they don't answer, you keep on knocking at your neighbor's door at three in the morning. (laughs) And they might not really like you at that time of the day, but they're going to give you the bread eventually. And I think that's a little bit of of how we we need to be praying. We need to ask for what we need. And sometimes we've got to ask more than once. And sometimes we've got to ask and ask and ask, and then we get what we need in return. So when we pray, let's ask for what we need, when we need it, and ask the one who can actually provide it. In the next part of the reading, it says that Jesus tells his disciples to ask and knock, that was her little thing. And in her, in her passage, there was a little, a little framed verse thing, ask, seek, and knock. So friends, are we spending time with Jesus asking? Are we seeking for the answers? Are we knocking on the doors that feel closed? Are we knocking on the door of Jesus and saying, I need help with this, help me? Are we doing those things or are we just reading and absorbing and and hoping that things change? Jesus here is giving us permission to ask for what we need. Have you ever felt bad about asking God for too much? Anyone? We went through a situation when... um, we had applied for adoption with our first son and it was, it was a weird thing to do because it's not like you are adopting a puppy from the SPCA. It's, it's a child, it's his whole life. And the weekend we had given in our little, um, it's like a CV. you give in a little profile of who you are and what you're doing. And then the mother chooses who her child goes to. And those were the weirdest couple of days. It was about a week between when we made the application and sent in the little thing and we were, given the answer and I felt I didn't have the right to ask for this child to be ours it's such a big ask it's such such a big thing and then at some point we realized you know God says make the desires of your heart known he says to me I want to know those very deep things that you want I want to know what they are and so we got to the point over the those few days of saying you know we actually do have a right to ask it's okay to say, Lord, please, can this child be in our family? And it sounds like a, an odd thing to ask for, but it was where we were at that time. And it was as if we had been given permission from the rest of the readings that we had read that weekend to say, it's okay if you ask, God wants to know. And I think like every good father, as it says later on in the passage, God will only give us the best. We're not going to give our children snakes when they ask for bread or, or rocks or whatever in their lunch lunchboxes. Um, We're not going to give them things that are harmful and hurtful. And in the same way, God gives us only good gifts. He doesn't give us things that are going to harm us, things that are going to exasperate us and test us and give us trials we don't need. He's only going to give us the good things. And in that point, he said, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit, which is the best gift that any one of us can be given. God will answer our prayers. And we know that he'll answer our prayers because some of us have experienced that. Anyone here ever had a prayer answered? Come on, guys. (laughs) uh, I'm so glad Jim put his hand up. (laughs) Sometimes we feel like we're praying against the, we're praying against the ceiling, but we're not. So when we ask God, our prayers will be answered because of our relationship with him. God will answer us, he will give us, he will open the door for us. And he'll give us a good gift as a father gives a good gift to his children. And then the second part of our second reading for today uh, comes from the book of Acts chapter six and verse one to verse seven. And it says this, and this is talking about the choosing of the seven. And it says this, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit of to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith, of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And then verse 7, just remember this one. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. In our second passage from Acts, we see how important it was to the early Jews to spread the word. It wasn't just an add-on, it wasn't an extra. They didn't just get together to care. They got together so that they could spread the word of Jesus. This worked really well, (laughs) We're here 2,000 years later and we're reading those scriptures for ourselves. And so if we look at that, we could just see how much more we could be doing in our own community. We are still reading the same stories. We are having the same guidance. We are discovering the same truths. We are finding the advice and the answers to our prayers in the same Bible and in the same scriptures as the early church was. And this advice that was written down and communicated from those times is still relevant for us today. So what does that mean to you and me here and today? We need to spend time reading the scriptures. How many of you knew what scriptures we were singing from this morning? Psalm 23, I will trust in you. Um, 119, that um, your love never fails, it never gives up. That's also from the scriptures. All our songs. And it's wonderful when you sing them and there's this little, you know, we get the little music and whatever. There's always the thing at the top that tells you who wrote it. And often it tells you what scripture it comes from. So if you're wondering how to express something and not sure of what words to use, go to the scriptures. There's a good chance somebody else has felt the same and has used similar words. The Psalms are wonderful for that. If you're battling to express yourself, go to the Psalms. And often you'll find that expression in a psalm for yourself. We need to spend time reading these scriptures. We need to spend time asking for guidance. And when we ask for guidance, we don't just ask and then breathe once and carry on. We need to listen. And listening means listening for the word of God, however it comes. Very often it'll come through the Bible. And if you hear somebody say something that kind of resonates with you, go and look for it in the Bible just to make sure. Because often when God speaks to us, he will say it again and again. I sometimes think we're kind of naughty children after he's told me something six times. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll listen at last. (laughs) Because he tells us in many different ways. But go look in the scriptures to see if you can find your answers there. Ask for wisdom. The Bible says anyone who asks for wisdom just needs to ask for it. How many of you could do with a little wisdom today? Lots. There we go. More hands. (laughs) We could all do a little bit of wisdom today. We need to ask God from it. And that verse then doesn't just say he'll give you a little bit just for today. He says he gives it in abundance. So there's all that wisdom waiting for us just to tap into to figure out what the next step is. We can read of how God has loved his people throughout the ages. It's a wonderful story to read through the Old Testament. If you can get past the first couple of books... Just to read the stories of how God led his people in and out of wars, of famines, of of all sorts of things. Just read the story and see how God cared about every person along the way. And then when you get to the New Testament, it's slightly easier reading because it's something we've heard more often. But even in that New Testament, we see how God loved each individual person. I saw a lovely picture yesterday that says, you know, before Zacchaeus climbed up the tree... Somebody had planted that seed. Because remember the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, was too short to see Jesus walking past. So he climbed up a tree and invited Jesus to his house. Somebody planted that tree long ago and he was waiting for it. Read the stories and just see the richness and the fullness of that life of Jesus and how God sent him to teach us everything we need to know. I would encourage you to find the promises that Jesus makes to us in the Bible. Go and look for them, find them, write them down. There are verses that just grab your heart, write it down somewhere, put it on a post-it, put it on your screen saver on your phone, put it on your laptop, put it somewhere that you can see it often because we need to take those promises and make them real. We need to take them and claim them. We need to remember them. We need to revise them over and over. I had a friend who used to stick little post-its on her bathroom mirror and eventually I don't think she could see much because it was just covered. There was this little space in the middle, I think, for the mascara, and that was about it. But when we take those things and we put them somewhere, we can see them. We're just getting them to be part of who we are. Little ones, learn memory verses, guys. I'm going to say it again. Find those verses that resonate with you. Learn them in, inside and keep them there in your heart. Pray in the way that Jesus has taught us. You might pray a little longer than the Lord's Prayer that we've learned there, but that's the basics. Those are the things we need to be praying for and we need to cover. And I think most of what we do in any service of worship is also covered in that, in that Lord's Prayer in terms of what we do and how we relate to God. Pray in the way that Jesus taught us. Explore the Psalms when you can't find the words you need. I'm going to give you some homework to do if you're around on Wednesday. Go and find your favourite Psalm and write it in your own words. Write it in words that make sense for you. And sometimes when you read a passage and you put yourself in the story, read it with your own name in that story, as if you're the person in that story and see what God tells you as you read through that. Those words that we don't know how to express, those words we've forgotten, those words we can't remember and those words we don't even have words for, will come when you deal with the Holy Spirit in your prayer time. There was a lovely verse in the Bible and we read it a couple of weeks ago from 2 Timothy and it says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every word in your Bible is God-breathed and it's there written for you. He's written you a letter. And I don't I guess many of us will remember writing letters. <laughs> Nowadays, it's all emails. My granny and I used to write letters to each other. She lived in the Eastern Cape, in Port Alfred. And she would write me a letter once a week. And I would write her a letter once a week. And a while ago, I found a whole stash of them. And it was the cutest things. And I saw this little bird in my garden and whatever. And it was just that communication. Jesus and God are writing letters to us every day. They've sent us a book of them. It's up to us to read them. And then we see in John 1, when the word became flesh. I'm going to finish with this one, and it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So, friends, today as we remember our words to Jesus and remember his words to us, My prayer is that as we go into the the week ahead of us, that communication becomes fuller and more meaningful for us as we hear God's words and as as he hears ours. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you have brought us your word. Thank you that you have given us the words we, we need to express ourselves sometimes. And thank you, Lord, that your words can give us hope, and life. Thank you, Lord, that your word will guide us every day. And thank you, Lord, that we have the option of coming to you and asking you for help all the time. And Lord, we pray that as we go into the week ahead, we will hear more of your words and you will hear more of ours. In Jesus' name. Amen.